Hello and welcome once again to the Sinbin Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host. I am your commissioner. I am Cody Carlicker. And I am podcasting from Salzburg, Austria this week. For a lot of you guys, it may not seem like a big deal, but for the guys who know me a little bit better, uh, Jake and Kevin and Radio, they're probably a little bit surprised about how my life has come to this. Traveling all over the world and podcasting from a different country, and that's because whenever they first met me, my nickname in the fraternity was Southern Boy. And that's because I grew up south of I-80, which is essentially the deep south to everyone in the Chicagoland area. And truthfully, whenever Kevin does an imitation of something I said or something I did, he refers to me as if I have a southern accent. He imitates me as if I have a southern accent. But I think as many of you guys have listened to this podcast, I don't have much of a southern accent, at least not as much as Kevin would like for me to have. But nevertheless, I am drinking a delicious Austrian beer. And I am following up on my commitment to you to having a podcast each and every week of this fantasy football season. And that's what we're going to do. I'm going to talk about fab. I got a new segment for five things, but we're going to get to the results for first. So let's go ahead and get into that. Steve is continuing his winning ways, winning three out of the last or four out of the last five and three in a row. Taken down Bob O'Brien 94.8 to 69.3. And although 95 points is, you know, nothing to be super excited about, I'm sure Steve's going to take the win here. Uh, Rodgers ended up doing his thing with 27 points. The Niners ended up chipping in with 18. And basically everybody else on Steve's team did just enough to squeak by. But whenever Bob is only scoring 69 points, just about everybody else in the league is going to beat him. In fact, you know, Bob is trending in the wrong direction here as as steve is trending up bob is trending down he's lost three in a row and uh, if it wasn't for Derek carr a good pickup in his part putting up 23 points that score would look even worse and actually if you look back towards what bob's done over the last three weeks he's averaging only 78.3 points and that is in part of patrick mahomes not being available his his top choice but you know, the Bears' uh, defense hasn't been as great as they were in the past. Greg Zerline isn't going to be able to put up 15 points with his leg every week. And his other running backs here, his, his running backs, he started Derrick Henry and LaShawn McCoy, and they only got him 13 points. D.D. Westbrook got him zero. So things are not going in the right direction for Bob. It may be another week with uh, with Patrick Mahomes being out, and that's not good. Uh, however, you know, he needs to scratch and claw to get a win, and, and he's facing me next week, which, uh, you know, if he scored in 78.3 a week for three weeks in a row, it seems like he's about due to have a breakout week. And lo and behold, who's sitting there waiting for him? Me. So I am fully prepared to catch the wrath of Bob O'Brien's fantasy team. And that's a good transition to mine and Ned's matchup. I did get off the schneid last week. I did pick up the win. 126.7 beating Ned 80 to or with his 85.3 points we're both at three and five uh i'm really happy i lost like four in a row and thankfully uh mike evans ended up having a huge game with 37 points christian mccaffrey had 25.5 and what i'm really happy about is oh my god the chicago bears decided to run the football it's amazing 
They gave they gave David Montgomery 31 touches and he gets 23 points. Additionally, Miles Sanders had a good game. So my rookies are starting to look like uh, they might be getting a few more touches here going forward, which is very encouraging. And it might be a little bit too late knowing that I already have five losses, but hopefully I can scratch and claw in order to get back into playoff contention. Uh, Ned, on the other hand, I don't know what he was doing this past week. There was news throughout the week that Drew Brees was practicing, that Drew Brees was likely to play, but Ned started Teddy Bridgewater anyway. He even had some activity on on the waiver wire leading up to Sunday. He ended up claiming TJ Hawkinson or Hawkinson as his tight end for that week. I think he ended up bidding $4 on him, but even though he knew he needed a tight end, I'm surprised he didn't know that he also needed a QB. Uh, I don't know how that happened. Like I said, news throughout the week. Um, but that's, that's where he is. He's sitting at three and five for a reason. It's for stuff like that. Good thing for him. Joe Mixon, Ended, ended up showing up. Juju Smith-Schuster ended up showing up. They scored 16 and 19 respectively, so things are looking up there. He hadn't been getting much production out of those guys leading up to last week, so maybe there's some positivity there. But other than that, he's got to pay a little bit closer attention to what's going on in the league in order to uh, you know, win in this competitive league that we're all in. Um, real quick. I wanted to. I wanted to give an update. I was a big spender last uh, last Wednesday in, in the Fab budget. I ended up spending nearly thirty dollars on three different players: uh, J.D. McKissick, Chris Herndon, and Corey Davis. They ended up totaling three and a half fantasy points for last week. So, uh, it goes to show that maybe Radio's philosophy was right in the beginning of the year with uh, spending money early on players uh, in free agency. Because these guys that we're trying to scratch up at the end of the year may not be paying much dividends. And we Jerome saw that with Ty Johnson. And, uh, you know, Metzger may be seeing that with some of the bids that he made on Saturday. And that transitions well to the next matchup. Uh, Metzger ended up having a, really, a pretty good week. He put up 115 and a half points. But unfortunately, he ran into the buzzsaw. That is Ryan Patrick Downs, or as we more affectionately call him, Radio. Uh, radio ended up putting up 151.3, but I wanted to transition to, to the bidding part. Metzger actually ended up putting up a lot of money last last Saturday after we had the podcast and we talked about how much money he had. He ended up spending, I think it was $22 in total on guys like Rex Burkhead, who is the third running back in New England, Duke Johnson, who's the second running back in Texas or in, in Houston, and then Gardner Minshew. Uh, but it didn't help him win, unfortunately. I think that those pieces are nice to plug in every now and then, but I don't think that they're going to be regular starters. And unfortunately, Metzger drops to two and six uh, over this past week. Did get help from from Minshew with 24 points, so that ended up paying off. And Devontae Freeman ended up showing up with 12, but it wasn't enough to beat Radio with La, uh, with Latavius Murray and Aaron Jones scoring nearly se- over 70 points. Literally, those two guys actually scored more than Bob's entire team. Latavius Murray with 32.2, Aaron Jones with 38.1, and that's all radio really needed to get get to the win. Oh, and by the way, the Patriots scored 20 points again. So it's unreal that the Patriots defense keep putting up these types of defensive numbers. Um, We'll see what they do against the Ravens this week. Uh, I think that Lamar Jackson could, could... 
fare pretty well against them. I would assume that the Patriots are going to do everything they can to keep Lamar Jackson in the box. But uh, with that being said, the Ravens are a little bit higher caliber of a team than the Jets and the Dolphins and probably have a better offense than what the Bills provide or shown, shown the Patriots. So we'll see what ends up happening there. So to transition from the top team in the league to the team that's in second place in the league, Chris Woloka. He ended up getting another victory, man. This this guy is on a streak as well. He is 6-2. and two. He ends up beating Mike Awesome, who once again put up a fight, but it just wasn't good enough. 134.6 to 114.3. And, you know, I do actually kind of feel bad for Mike. He has the most points against in this league. And, you know, I take a look at that, and like I said, I, I feel kind of bad. And then I filter on the points for, and he is second to last in points scored. So it just just not Mike's year. He's not scoring enough points, and the teams against him are having their best weeks of the season, essentially. Um, case in point, Tevin Coleman, out of nowhere, puts up 37 points against a decent defense of the Carolina Panthers who are coming off a bye. And Tevin Coleman just goes off. James Conner also showing up for Chris. He's been real hit or miss this year, 22.5, but... For the second week in a row, the Jags defense putting up a ton of points for Chris. 17 points. On the other end of the coin, like I said, Mike had a pretty good week. It just wasn't enough. Cooper Cup ends up having a big game after I talked bad about him in five things last week. I still think he's going to come back down to earth eventually. 31 and a half points is insane. And then DK Metcalf with 14.8. And I know that Mike can't have a lot of positive things from this season, but... Maybe DK Metcalf will be a good one. He Mike drafted him in the 10th round, and that might be a decent keeper for him next year to, to keep on his radar. So I am interested to see what he does there. Um, just like I transitioned from the best team in the league to the second best team in the league on that last uh, recap, we're going from the worst team in the league to the second worst team in the league. Uh, Cody Billick ends up taking the loss to Dan Malnar, who's also playing very well right now. Uh, Dan beats him 112.1 to 74.8. Dan improves to 5-3. and three. Uh, On the arm of Deshaun Watson, 28 points for him. Dalvin Cook also continues to be a stud for Dan Melnar, 25.6. And Stephon Diggs, although he started very slow, now he's at 50, or he had 15.8 points this past week. Um, so Dan's heading in the right direction. I'm hoping to get him on the podcast once I get back from Europe and we can talk about his fantasy football strategy because uh, I, I really can't put my finger on it. I think he just wants to uh, ride the Vikings as much as possible uh, with some of the trade uh, trade talks that we have had. But uh, not to not to get too deep into that. Uh, he also in, or so and then on the on the other end of the spectrum, Cody Billick uh, had Austin Hooper do his thing, 15.5. However, it just seems like whenever he's putting a team on the on the field, none or nobody else really performs other than Austin Hooper. Marte, Marquez Valdez Scantling had 0.9 a week after having 20. Tariq Cohen had 6.1, and if you're starting Tariq Cohen, then things are pretty bleak. And similarly, if you're starting Frank Gore, who got him 3.4, things look pretty bleak there as well. So going from from, from the, the doldrums of our league, the, uh, the bottom, the basement of our league, the, the big matchup this week was Jerome and Kevin. And Jerome ends up coming out with the victory, 
128.5 to 116.8. Jerome moves to 6 and 2. Kevin moves to 5 and 3. Jerome is on fire. He has won six in a row after starting 0 and 2. And it, he's getting it from different guys each week. This week, he gets 25.3 from Kenny Galladay. Mike Thomas is always a static figure in that lineup, putting up points. 20, he got 22 last week. And then once again, second week in a row that Matt Stafford gets him some good points. 23 points for Matt Stafford. Now, unfortunately, the, the big blemish on Jerome's record this past week was Ty Johnson. He spent $51 in free agent budget on Ty Johnson, and he only got him 4.3 points. And what we thought was going to be a uh, – he was going to be a bell cow back with maybe J.D. McKissick uh, filling in there at, on, on passing downs. It looks like it's a running back by committee. Trey Carson leading the team in, in yards. Ty Johnson led the team in snaps, but didn't look very effective. And then not only not only did they have J.D. McKissick also back there, but they also had the ghost of Paul Perkins, who comes out of nowhere and is carrying the ball for them as well. Now, I don't think it makes very much sense for the Lions to keep running four different guys. I don't. I, not very many teams in this league have four running backs on the active roster each week. And I don't know how many of each of them are playing special teams, but I, I expect Ty Johnson to get more of a shot. It only makes sense for the future as he's a rookie, but this does have to make Jerome quite nervous. On the other end, let's talk about Kevin's team a little bit. So Sony Michelle didn't really show up again. After a three touchdown week, Sony Michelle only gets 7.4 for Kevin. And then he's also struggling on the, the second wide receiver position. You thought that Mike Williams would be geared to have a pretty good week with Keenan Allen being a little bit dinged up, but Mike Williams only had 8.4. Kev still got good production out of Julio Jones and Saquon Barkley, but he is looking for help on the on that RB2 and, and wide receiver two position. And he's actually spent some money this past week. He ended up spending $26. The, the, the guy who's been hoarding all of his free agent budget ended up spending $26 on the fab la, or last night. He ended up picking up Mark Walton for $18. Mark Walton looks to be the, the guy to go to uh, for the Miami Dolphins. They're going to want to feed him the rock. And he's put up some decent weeks in the past, uh, the past few weeks. Uh, but it, I can't really necessarily trust a Miami Dolphins skill player right now. Um, I don't know when Kevin's going to feel comfortable putting Mike Walton in, or Mark Walton into the lineups, but uh, but nevertheless he has him. He spent some money to get somebody that might be some value down the road. He also ended up spending five dollars on the Cowboys D and three dollars on Danny Amendola. Um, Danny Amendola seems like he should have a pretty pretty high floor, but he does have some weeks where he gets you absolutely nothing. Um, so we'll see we'll see what happens there. That was really the only exciting thing that happened on the Fab budget this past week. Um, Mike Awesome bid seven dollars on Adrian Peterson. Uh, Chris Waloka got Jalen Samuels for about six bucks, and and that's about it. So pretty slow week there, uh, but that's that's how the league breaks down. Radio Chris Waloka, Jerome leading the way in the league right now. Radio's at seven and one. Chris will look at six and two. Jerome at six and two. And then we have a tie for the next position in the in the five five and or the yeah the four and five slots in the standings. 
Kevin's at five and three. Dan Dan uh, Melnar's at five and three. And then we have uh, Steve and Bob battling out for that last playoff spot at four and four. Uh, that's that's where we stand right now. So with that being said, that wraps up the results. With that wraps up Fab, and now we will get into five things. So let's get into five things. And what I wanted to talk about this week was I just ran down the the standings of the league. And our trade deadline is November 8th at 2 a.m. And that's a Friday. So with that being said, I wanted to run through the top teams of our league and the area where they could use the most help. I want to give some, some people a little bit of help on how to approach trading and where to where they might be able to get the best deal done. I'm not going to give any potential trades or do a mock trade generator or anything like that. I just basically wanted to point out or talk about the top five teams, where their biggest area of weakness is, and maybe some players that they could target. In, in trade negotiations. And if you have one of these players that I recommend that they target, maybe you should reach out to them. See if it's something that they're interested in. I think we all have each other's numbers on the text thread. Just shoot a little text. You know, trade talk's got to start with somebody. Somebody's got to reach out first. And it's always better to uh, just start texting somebody rather than to send a, send a garbage trade offer through the app. So let's get this started. Let's start with the first place team in the league. Let's start with Ryan Downs. And if I'm looking at his roster, it looks pretty darn good up and down. However, I think that he needs a true wide receiver one. And he thought that maybe Brandon Cooks would be this, but he's only had eight catches total in the last four games. And now he's out with a concussion. The rest of his wide receivers are Calvin Ridley, who's wide receiver 19. T.Y. Hilton, wide receiver 22. Ty Williams, Tyrell Williams, wide receiver 33, and Curtis Samuel, wide receiver 35. And then he also has Nikhil Harry, and we don't know how that's going to break out yet with the Patriots having three to four other guys on that on that wide receiving core that's going to be ahead of him. So it seems like every player on his roster is a big game or absolutely nothing, and that can crush you whenever you're in the playoffs when it's win or go home. So with that being said, a couple of players that I think radio could go off or go out or go and get would be guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, or Cooper Cup. Now, some of these trade offers or, tw- or these guys coming from teams are going to be teams that are looking to scratch and claw and try to stay into playoff contention. So they may be able to or they may be willing to give you 90 cents on the dollar, you know, or give you a little bit, uh, give or take back a little bit less in order to try to change something up in order to make something happen. So I think those are all guys that are wide receiver ones right now that he can go after that can really shore up that wide receiving core. Going over to the next team here, let's talk about Jerome. Once again, his team is looking really good. If you look up and down that lineup, it looks very solid, particularly at running back. He's got Zeke Elliott and Leonard Fournette, and they're great. But what happens if one of them go down? Ty Johnson obviously did not work out on the FAB budget, or at least so it seems right now, as it looks like he's a part of a large committee. And then he also has Kenyon Drake, who's probably going to get the start on Thursday night. But at best, he's going to be the number two running back in Arizona. 
So it looks like Jerome needs a little bit of depth there at that running back position. And that's a good thing for him. Because then he can go after a guy who's not necessarily or where whose owner is not going to be looking to make a ton of or need a ton in return, right? So if you're only going for an RB two, the owner on the other end can't be really expecting for to get Leonard Fournette or Zeke Elliott back in return. At least if not, if he wants to get a trade done, not if he doesn't or if he wants his team to get better. So guys that Jerome could go after would be something like Devontae Freeman, Jordan Howard. Todd Gurley, who may sound like a running back one if by just saying his name, but if you look at his numbers, he's touchdown or bust. Uh, Miles Sanders might be a high upside guy that, that he can go after. Philip Lindsay, another guy that he can go after. That's a that's a solid running back too. Now, moving on from Jerome, let's go on to the guy that he beat this past week in Kevin. Now, once again. Great looking team right now. He's got Saquon Barkley. He's got Julio Jones. But really after Julio Jones, Kevin's really struggling at that wide receiver two position, as I mentioned in our results rundown. Um, Currently, he's starting Mike Williams, who has only eclipsed 10 points once this year. And that was in week five against Denver. And he only had 10.4 points. He's also got Robbie Anderson. Um, he just dropped Philip Dorsett. He just dropped Deontay Johnson. Um, but essentially, the rest of his re- receiving core is just boomer bust. So he's got to be looking for somebody else to play behind Julio Jones. I mean, if Julio Jones goes down, then Kevin's really screwed up. So some options that he can go after are Cortland Sutton, Robert Woods, who I think uh, is going to get more targets with Brandon Cooks going out. He also gets a couple of rushes each game, and you never know how those rushes are going to turn out. I think he's already got at least one or two rushing touchdowns this year. You could also go after John Brown, or who the who is the Bills' number one receiver, and the Bills have a very easy schedule the rest of the year. Or Allen Robinson, who's getting fed the rock on a regular basis each week. And although Trubisky doesn't look great, Allen Robinson has still been putting up pretty solid wide receiver two numbers. Let's move on to Chris. Chris Woloka, sitting at 6-2. and two, And we all gave him shit about his draft and, and how we all thought he really dropped the ball there. But he's uh, he's got a 6-2 and two record. He's sitting in second place currently. And... He's got some solid running backs and receivers, but it looks like he might need a little help at the QB position. So, I mean, looking at his wide receivers and and running backs, if he could figure out a way to get a top five running back, um, he has the resources to get it done. But it's going to be very difficult to pry one of those guys away, especially in this league where we value running back so high. So I think the way that he can improve is getting a different quarterback. Currently, he has Carson Wentz who has a tough schedule, a very tough schedule over the next four weeks. And he also has Jacoby Brissett, who two out of his last three games, he scored less than 11 points. And you need at least 17, 18 points from your quarterback each week to to recoup some of that value. So some options on guys that he can go after. Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson, who we've talked about on this podcast several times about um, a trade being available there. He could also go after Matt Ryan, or believe it or not, Patrick Mahomes might be available. Uh, The guy's been hurt. We don't know what he's going to look like the second half of the year. You would think that 
you know, he's going to go back to his regular form, but but you really don't know. It'd be, it might be an, a decent option to see if, if you can get Patrick Mahomes, Chris. I, 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 he might be available for the right price. I think anybody really is available for the right price. You just have to be willing to pay it and uh, willing to make a decent offer for it. So with that being said, let's go to our last guy, Dan Malnar, sitting at 5-3, and three, and he's done this without having a tight end all year. He's literally played Vernon Davis for the most part, who's got him zero points several times. Currently, he has Eric Ebron, and that's not much better. It's a hope and a prayer each week that the guy doesn't put up a dud. And if Dan wants a chance at winning this fantasy football championship, he's got to shore up that position. If you get less than five each week in that position, eventually it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. So some guys that might be available for the right price are Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey or or Greg Olson, who Greg Olson has been a little bit slow the past couple of weeks. Uh, however, I think that he's still going to be a he's definitely an upgrade over Eric Ebron or Vernon Davis or whoever's on the waiver wire right now. So that'll wrap up five things. I wanted to touch or talk about the trades, uh, the trade possibilities out there as trading is truly the most fun part outside of winning in fantasy football talking trades and trying to make make your team better. And honestly, I, I don't like screwing other people over in trades. I like making a trade that works out for best for both people, making my team better and the other team better as well. And that's always the best way to go about trade talks. So I encourage you all to do that. I encourage everybody in this league to start talking trades this week and hopefully we see something get done. That'll that'll be it for this week of the Fantasy Football Podcast, and I hope you guys have a good rest of the week, and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.